This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. You're listening to a section of the LibriVox NaNoWriMo project, in which a number of LibriVox volunteers write and record a whole novel together, in serial form, during November 2006. The project is based on the idea started by the National Novel Writing Month. Chapter 30H Written by Kathleen Gatliff, recorded by Kathleen Gatliff, of www.skippopscratch.com Sexton Blake lay in the large double bed that dominated his squalid Parisian apartment. His girlfriend Trixie sprawled on her belly beside him, trying to devise a system to play spider solitaire with only an incomplete deck of cards. Plump gray rats scratched under the floorboards, and flat brown roaches ran up the torn and fading puce wallpaper. "'Ah, yes, how to end this thing,' Sexton mumbled as he nibbled at his pencil and read over the penultimate chapter of his great novel, The Mystery. It was quite a departure from his usual work, which tended to consist of Sherlock Holmes rip-offs and adventure stories for boys. This was something more, something meaningful and important.' It would win critical acclaim, and Sexton knew, that favorable reviews, from the arbiters of good taste, always guaranteed financial success. "'Trixie, my girl,' he said, puffed up with pride, "'if this thing sells, I'll take you to the Isle of Rabbits.' His reference to Chapter 29 did not impress her, and she yawned, open-mouthed. "'What do I want rabbits for?' she said. Only good rodent is one made into a fur. My mother always said that. And she should know. She used to play her mandolin on the sidewalk outside Saks in New York. You say she was a busker, which sounds dirty to me. But she was a very classy lady, my mom was. Never mind, Sexton sighed and tried to get back to work. Trixie threw down her cards in disgust. I mean, it's not like they're good eating. I had one once. Some kind of British rabbit but it tasted like cheese on toast. She turned her wide eyes towards him, and he chuckled. That's because it was cheese on toast. That's what Welsh rabbit is, and that's what you ate. Sexton licked the point of his pencil and wrote the words, Chapter 30, Some Ideas, on the top of the next page in his pad. Well, whatever it was, it made me feel awfully queer, and such dreams I had that night. Oh! She snuggled close to her man and looked at his notebook. "'You working on the story?' "'Yes,' he said. "'I'm not sure how to end it. I think I'll write a whole bunch of endings, and then we can pick the best one. Won't that be fun?' Trixie squealed and clapped her hands. "'I want that girl, you know, the one you made to be like me. Uh, Fulvia?' "'Yeah, Fulvia. I want her to turn out all reformed and marry a millionaire. Because I like her. She's got spunk. She kissed Sexton on the cheek. I'll make a note of it, dear, but I'll also probably write at least one where she turns out bad, so that there's variety. In fact, I may even kill her. She did have her brain scrambled, you know. Trixie turned away and sulked. The future is awfully complicated. She played with the lace of her powder blue negligee for a moment before she continued. Hey, how about you give me a piece of paper? Maybe I'll write one of those endings for you. Sexton stared at her in surprise. Why, Trixie, I didn't know you knew how to write. 
He tore three pages from his notebook and passed them and a spare pencil to her. Trixie took them and settled back down on her stomach as she muttered, "'Yeah, well, there's a lot you don't know about me.' The two worked quietly for a few minutes until Trixie spoke again. "'The thing I like about this story of yours is that all these girls got educations and jobs, real good jobs.' She swung her feet in the air. "'You think this means that women get the right to vote by then?' Sexton didn't answer. Trixie tapped her paper with her pen. "'I wish I had the right to vote.' Sexton imagined Trixie in politics, possibly even running for office, with her dreadful grammar and combative ways. The thought so amused him that he could not suppress a derisive and very audible snort. She heard it and glared at him, ready for a fight. He tried to avoid her eye. "'You think I'm an idiot, just because I come from Brooklyn and don't speak like the damn queen,' she said, going tense. "'Good heavens, no,' he lied. "'You're much prettier than Victoria.' She stared at him, but said nothing. Eventually she gave up, rolled over, and whined. I don't like these computer things you write about. I think I'll have them stay blown up. Seems to me that nobody in the future ever gets any exercise because they're too busy playing with these things. The whole lot of them need to get out more. Starting with Tracy and Trevor, I think I'll have them become a team of world champion ballroom dancers. Mm-hmm, Sexton said. Except Tracy's the sister, not the girlfriend. Yeah, well, one should never go into a business venture with a lover. That's what my father used to say. That's why his trained poodles performed in front of Grand Central Station, far away from my mother. The distance gave them something to fight about when they got back together at the end of the day. Sexton grunted. It was best not to get involved in conversations about Trixie's family. Better to change the subject, and so he did. Well, what would you do about this top fellow? Rather a bad egg, bent on world domination. He's heading for a fall, eh? Trixie's feet swung lazily back and forth as she thought. Well, he's the richest, isn't he? So he could be redeemed and marry Fulvia. She started scribbling like mad. I'll need three ghosts to visit him, to show him, like, the error of his ways. And then the chinchilla will say, God bless us, everyone. Darling, it's been done. By Dickens. What? Trixie let out a small scream. Damn his eyes! Um, could it be three witches instead? Three weird sisters met on a gloomy night? Shakespeare. Macbeth. Sad ending. Out, out, damn spot. Trixie looked around wildly. Did that awful neighbor dog get in here again? Sexton shook his head, tears of mirth welling in his eyes. She grinned. See, I can make jokes. Yes, you certainly can. Darling, you should be a comedian on the stage. She groused. Tell my agent. I'm awfully sick of trapeze work. She looked back at her sheet of paper. Okay, then. I'll have Top visited by the three, um... Maybe, like, a scarecrow and a lion and, uh, some kind of automaton. That's never been done before. Sexton pushed her with his foot. Yes, but that's silly. She tossed her head. I bet your friend Frank would love my idea. Mr. Baum writes a journal about chickens, dear. He doesn't do fiction. Trixie made a face. Well, it's more sensible than these airplanes you write about incessantly. I'll give you that man will fly some day. But you make it sound like there are almost 20 people on these vehicles. That's way too heavy. Why, the wings would have to be an acre each in size. Sexton could feel his face flush as he blustered. 
I know it seems ridiculous, but this was the muse's doing. She dictated the story. I am just her vessel. I thought I was your muse. Trixie launched herself at Sexton. Pencils and paper went flying as they grappled, then broke away laughing. They lay side by side on the bed, their chests heaving. Sexton? Yes, Trixie. She rested her head on his chest. Let's get married. I know I said no before, but I think I like this writing life. It beats being in the circus, there's less elephant manure for one thing, and I'm always getting propositioned by the clowns. Of course, darling, he said, relieved to at last have her consent. The girl had an undeniable knack for predicting what the public wanted, and she was pretty and probably smarter than he was. She was soft and she smelled good, but if they were to eat, he'd have to get back to work. More's a pity. He tried to sit up. We have to finish our chapters. Real writers stick to it, right up until the end. Okay. So everyone lives happily ever after. That's a good ending, right? Sure, Sexton said. He put his arm around her small, round shoulders. Her perfume, a heavenly blend of citrus and vanilla, made him feel intoxicated. What about the professor, he asked, his mind spinning. She snuggled closer. We'll give him some sort of prize. What's the top award in his field? I don't know. Well, just write down his field's medal, and we'll fix it later. Sexton didn't. He wanted to, but was too content to do anything at the moment. Still, he could feel energy crackling off Trixie, and knew her brain was still buzzing. I still have to figure out what to do about Rebecca, she said. Is she alive, or dead, or whatever? Sexton's head was so cloudy he had no idea. He closed his eyes, and Trixie went on. Well, she'll have to be alive to marry Trevor, so she's alive no matter what. And Trevor is cured, 100%, so he'll live too. Sexton was nodding off, but managed one last question. What about the chinchilla? He could barely hear her answered. He could barely hear her answer, muffled as it was, in a pink cloud of love. End of chapter 30H. Recorded on December 5th. 2006.